0: We meet today in Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 to verse 23 Christ the answer to ritual In our last study we looked at the challenge of enticing words and philosophy Today we are considering the challenge of legality, ritualism and asceticism Ritually opinionated people who try to impose their preferences on others plague the community of believers at Colossae. Paul challenged his readers to stand up for their own convictions and not to allow others to coerce them through intimidation or condemnation. His advice is similar to what he told the Christians at Rome about the matters of conscience, the disputable matters, in Romans chapter 14, verse 1 to verse 23. Jesus constantly faced judgment from the religious leaders of his day over his treatment of the Sabbath. Luke chapter 6, verse 1 to verse 11. Now, as we continue with Paul's discussion of the five main challenges that the Colossians were facing, we highlighted that they faced the danger of enticing words and of philosophy. And now we move on to the third aspect of their dangers. It was the danger of legality. As Paul turns now to the era of legality, We will again find that the answer is to come to the word of God, and through it to come to the personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is why we said Jesus is the answer to ritual. Colossians 2 verse 14 Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross having wiped out the handwriting of requirement that was against us that is the first statement we get from paul here basically he is referring to the old flesh of ours which we are putting on but paul says the old flesh has been condemned when christ died he died for you and me he paid the penalty for our sin. In doing so, he wiped out the handwriting of requirement that was against us. When the Lord Jesus Christ died, Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. It read something like this. This is Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. John 19 verse 19 see, Jesus was being publicly executed on the grounds that he had led in a rebellion. This was of course not true as we know, but that was the charge against him. When the people standing there read that sign, they understood that he had been disloyal to Caesar, and in that he had made himself to be a king to them. That was the reason he was dying on the cross. But when God looked upon that cross, my friend, he saw an altar on which the lamp of God, who takes away the sin of the world, was being offered. God saw another inscription there high above the inscription that men had made. The inscription was, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. What did God write on that cross, my friend? He wrote the ordinance. He wrote the Ten Commandments. He wrote a law which I cannot keep. The ordinances which I am guilty of breaking. When Christ died there, he did not die because he broke them. He was sinless. But it was because I broke them. I am the sinner. And because you are a sinner. Actually Romans chapter 3 tells us clearly. For all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. On that cross when Jesus was dying. It was my sin. All my failures. The handwriting that was against me. Was wiped out. Therefore my friend. If God has saved you and raised you from the dead and joined you to a living Christ, why should you go back to the law that you can't keep in the first place? Actually, Paul, when he wrote to the Galatians, he said, If I rebuild what I have broken, I make myself or I prove myself to be a lawbreaker. You can't even keep the law today, my friend. In your own power, in your own strength, you can't. You see, the law was given to discipline the old nature. But now the believer is given a new nature. And the law has been removed as a way of life. Actually, the law was a schoolmaster. It was pointing all of us to Christ Jesus. It was an image or a picture of the things that were to come. How many of us would say you have the picture of your loved one and your loved one is in another town? When your loved one has visited and is with you at home, you concentrate on that picture, on that photograph, instead of the real person. That is unthinkable in human terms. When you stick with the law, my friend, which you have broken anyway, ignoring Christ who has come today, you are exhibiting foolishness of a man who keeps on looking, gazing at the photograph when the real person is present. Christ is here. He has wiped out every handwriting of the requirements that condemned us, that was against us. But now the believer is given a new nature and the law has been removed as a way of life. That is the good news, my friend. Amazing news of the gospel of Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. Having disarmed the principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now, the spiritual victory that Christ won for the child of God is of inestimable value The metaphor of a triumphant soldier here, Roman general who strips his shoes and leads them as captives behind his chariot in his victory procession is used here to describe how God in Christ stripped from the powers of evil their control over the lives of men. Isn't that amazing to see that picture? It is Christ who disarmed the powers and the principalities, who disarmed even what the law was doing on us in condemning us. And so he came there as a general who has stripped off his enemies and he now leads them as captive behind his chariot in victory. So Christ is the real answer. We can never allow that we be held captive by rituals Christ is the answer to ritual my friend Colossians chapter 2 verse 16 to verse 17 so let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths which are a shadow of the things to come but the substance is of Christ again We are now talking about those issues, disputable matters, or what some people have called issues of conscience, matters of conscience. You cannot sit in judgment, deciding and criticizing and condemning others in those areas. Paul is encouraging the Colossians not to be enslaved by legalism, by ritualism, by rites or even ceremonies. A believer is not to observe ordinances that are only ritual and liturgical. They have no present value in themselves. God, by the way, did give certain rituals for the people in the Old Testament. So what has changed? Paul explains that those things were merely a shadow of the things to come. They were simply a shadow of the things to come. What is he referring to? He's talking about food, drink, festivals, and new moons or Sabbaths. Basically, that is a description of the law. And, of course, that word shadow is where we get our word photograph from the Greek word used here for shadow. All the rituals of the law in the Old Testament were like a negative or a picture. They were just pictures of Christ. The law of Moses is but a shadow pointing to Christ. The Colossians who possessed the reality as members of Christ would be foolish to return to the shadow. Now that Christ has come, we have the reality. Why should we go back and look at a picture? A shadow is not a real thing, my friend. There is a difference between a shadow and the substance. Symbols and types may stimulate thought, may awaken emotions, may convey divine truths, and may even strengthen faith. But beyond this, they are meaningless and dangerous, and may replace the living Christ. When that has happened, it is dangerous. Mosaic institutions are of value setting forth man's need for pardon, purity, and holiness, and setting forth God's provision of a great high priest an atonement and fellowship with God. Why look at the shadow when we can look at Christ, the author and finisher of our faith? These ceremonies are shadows superseded and should be abandoned. Since Christ has come, we no longer need the symbols. And that is what Hebrews chapter 8 verse 13 and Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 talk about. We now have the person himself. Many of us, my friend, need to get off the merry-go-round of attending even seminars, adapting gimmicks, jumping through everybody's little hoop, and taking a shortcut to the abandoned life. Have we really arrived? Something that they have. Let's stop carrying around a faded photograph when we have the reality. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Isn't that amazing? Take your problem to Christ. Don't take your problem to a human being. That human being also needs Christ. We now come To the fourth consideration, warning against mysticism. Colossians 2, verse 18 to verse 19. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. These two verses are full of the wisdom of God here. First, let no one cheat you of your reward. In other words, it can even say, let no one rob you of your prize. The word means to act as an umpire, denying your claim, defrauding you, and declaring you as unworthy. Well, people are already established in Christ, but someone would come and say you are unworthy. This is another point at which people get off the track. Paul is here condemning the Gnostics who made a pretense of wisdom. And we have today people in the church circles who assume a religious pious superiority. They are all what I call spiritual snobs. They claim to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They claim to have it all. And consider those who have believed God, who have trusted Christ as not, especially those who will hold on to the truth. Now, it has been my experience that these people generally are very ignorant of the word of God. They talk about things that they do not know. Intruding in those things which he has not seen, that is a pretense. Putting on or acting like you have something that you don't really have and not holding fast to the head. That statement means that such people, such false teachers have a loose relationship with Christ. They don't hold fast to the head. In other words, their head is not screwed on as it should be. But you see, you need to be joined to Christ. For in Christ, from whom all the body nourished and knit together, by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. You see, the figure of the body here emphasizes both its unity and its diversity. Christ supplies nourishment for a child of God. He supplies life and energy. If you are not joined to Christ, you have no life. You have no energy to keep on going and even walk this faith. But also Christ supplies unity. Knitted together. You cannot be united save finding our unity in Christ Jesus. They are those who call us and say, Let us come together. If we are coming together, we got to come together around a person, and that person ought to be Christ Jesus, around his word. Remember that when communal gathering is focused on Christ. The temporary gives way to the eternal, but any unity outside of Christ will not achieve anything. And then Christ supplies growth, that is the increase that is from God. Wow, where else can you grow unless if you are in Christ Jesus? The final warning that Paul gives us is the era of asceticism. Colossians two verse twenty to verse twenty three therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not test, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. This is a strong warning against withdrawing from the things that God has given as good, or even withdrawing from people. And how does asceticism come Well, again, it comes through the basic principles of this world, and this may refer to the elementary method of the legalists or the personal powers of evil. The strict legalism of the heretic expresses itself in terms of external values, external rules. Here again, when Paul says, If you die with Christ... The translation would better be, since you died with Christ. In other words, since you have died with Christ, do not return to pre-cross living. Don't be trapped. And I think that this is the the terrible problem of going back to pre-cross living. There are people who follow some passing fad in the church. It's not our dispensation it's not our economy we are in a new economy and the things of the past they have no value by the way things which perish with the using means that it is not of any value my friend that is what asceticism does it has no value it is no good God wants you to rejoice in him a person Christ wants you to be close to him, and if you are going to walk with him, you are going to have a good time. That is the best place to be. No genuine wisdom is present in these heretical teachings, but this does not prevent an appearance of wisdom, you see, Even though they are saying these things, there is an appearance of wisdom. That appearance of wisdom is sometimes called feign wisdom, self-imposed religion. And that probably refers to the determined promulgation of those myths which had no basis in the revealed truth, but were concocted in the corporate Heretical imagination. Remember that Gnosticism was a whole system that had come up with a certain understanding to lead God's people away. And again, the systems that we fight today in our walk with God is not coming from an unordered system. It is quite ordered. Actually, Paul writes to the Ephesians saying our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and systems that are well-ordered in this world, in the heavenly realm. My friend, we cannot reach up to heaven by following rules and rituals or by practicing religion. Paul is not saying that all rules are bad but no keeping of laws or rules will earn anyone's salvation. Salvation is in Christ alone. The good news is that God reaches down to men, and we are to respond. Man-made religions focus on human effort. Christianity focuses on Christ's work. Paul agrees that believers must put aside sinful desires, but that is byproducts of a new life in Christ, not the cause of it. Our salvation does not depend on our discipline and rule keeping, but on the power of Christ's death and resurrection. So Christ is the answer to ritualism. He is the real answer. Why? Because He is the head and He is the body. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus 2772-641-4475. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 2772. Followed by seven two six four one four four seven five. From within South Africa, it's zero seven two six four one four four seven five.